What is going on, my awesome friends? It's the Commissioner here. Wanted to let you know that we have another great and exciting episode in store for y'all today. The first draft episode, NBA draft episode, where we are going to cover so many different things in regards to the NBA draft that is coming up on July 29th. Houston Rockets currently have the number two pick, and my God, it is a huge Huge pick to have, and it is a great time in Rockets history to be here at this moment. So obviously, when you talk about that, you have to talk about the prospects. So we're going to talk about that. The GM's going to cover Jalen Green and everything in terms of what he brings to the table. I myself am going to cover Evan Mobley. We're going to talk about what he brings to the table as well, and then we're going to come together, decide who we think is the best pick. A lot of different things in terms of their strengths, their weaknesses, NBA comparisons, and everything in between. It's going to be great as we dive in, as we break down each prospect, those two prospects in particular. We're also going to you know, dip our toes a little bit in Cade Cunningham as well being the consensus pick between myself and the GM, and him being the number one overall pick, obviously. And then we're going to move on, talk about who we think the number two pick is as well, who the GM would pick as the number two, and who I would pick with the number two pick. And then we are going to go home on questions that our fans, our listeners have all sent in on our podcast through our Instagram page. We really appreciate each and every question and each and every one of y'all's feedback and who y'all would pick with that number two pick. So we really appreciate that. We're going to be answering all of those questions. They will each be answered for y'all. So thank you once again for that. Thank you once again for listening. We really appreciate that. Y'all have asked. We have answered. We are here to bring y'all the first ever draft episode to break down these prospects. Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, who is the number two pick? What's up, everyone? This is Ray, a.k.a. Mr. Fundamental, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. At times, I feel old like I'm going out of style, so I turn down the music on my FM dial. I beg of you to come and listen for a while and look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child. This is What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. With me, of course, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin, on a beautiful Saturday morning draft, draft. Draft talk. Talking World War II. You already know. This Saturday morning is sunny. And if you've lived in Houston in the past two or three weeks, it's been insanely raining each and every day. So as you know, this is a good time to do this. Well, spirits are high. Your boy's taking mid-range jumpers all day. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you have to talk. It, it was about that. It. it was about that yesterday. Jesus Whoever Lord. plays basketball with us knows I'm a three-point shooter, but I decided to step in, put my best uh, Mello. Carmelo impression, and mm. it worked. Mm. So thank you. Mm. <laughs> That's cute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had I had to do it, you know. You had to plug. I, I had to. That's a self plug. <laughs> I had to. Feel, I had to feel good temporarily for just a little moment. I had to give feel it to you, myself. Feel yourself. Feel yourself. No, it was a good game. You had a good night. There was no modesty here. No, no, none, none. Well, if you're if you're modest, why, why are we hooping? Yeah, you sure. gotta you gotta have you gotta shoot with confidence. Am I right? The ultimate green light. Ultimate green light. You already know. Well, speaking of green light, that's a that's a perfect segue because green, green is. 
the name of the game because we have the NBA draft coming up in less than three weeks, GM. This is huge, monumental, absolutely just insane in terms of where the Rockets are going to go culture-wise. And the people have asked, the fans have asked, our listeners have asked, they've been saying, when is the draft episode? Well, strap on and buckle up. Because this is it. I guess this is our moment to shine. All right. Yes. Shine. I was trying to think of a, a song that has to do with shine. But um, please shine down on me. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that a religious it's a I, Jesus I, song? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Mr. Sun. Sun, Mr. Anyways, I'm in my own mind right now. But anyways. I'm walking on sunshine. There you go. That's another one. Because you were singing that yeah, in the past yeah. episode. Yeah, I did. I did. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about the NBA draft here. It's a very... Huge deal in terms of, you know, just for the Rockets. Like, what do you see when you see this upcoming NBA draft? Like, is this a franchise turn pager for the, our team? Like, is this going to be it? Is this a monumental time? This is it. Like, this is a monumental time in the sense of the next choice that we make will impact our franchise for the next five years, maybe even seven years, depending on how long this pick stays with our team. But the thing is, the Rockets cannot swing and miss on this draft pick it's unfortunate we didn't get number one but who knows maybe we do trade up for number one but who knows maybe we trade down but whatever happens whatever choice Raphael stone and the rest of the rockets brass decide this is a decision that will impact the organization impact the players impact the fans impact the city there's a lot riding on this mm-hmm. when you got a pick as high as number two you can't strike out Let's think yeah. about guys who were number two before. You know, Kevin Durant, probably the best player you're in basketball. Talk, yeah, you're talking like upside. Yes, and then there's the also team. failure. Darko Milicic at yeah, number, number two. two. Hashim the Beat at Sam number Bowie. two. Yes. So, I mean, there are a lot of – you never know. This is the first time we truly get to see scouting, general manager, work together mm-hmm. and take that next big step forward for this team. Absolutely. And shout-outs to Matt Bullard for getting a job in the front office, woo-woo, because we the past episode of The Heel, we RIP'd him because yes. he lost his job at AT&T Sports. But I guess that was all a plan for him to go into the front office, which is fantastic. So congrats. He's, his his mind now, they have it in the front office. I think it's huge because mm-hmm. he always had great insight when talking about the Rockets. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's not afraid to kind of just like tell it how it is. Absolutely. Is and um, let's be real here. If we're going to talk about another former Rocket, one that – liked our post the other oh, day yes. with Raheel. So now is our time yes. to uh let's give a one minute campaign <laughs> to bring in the amigo, Carl Herrera. We need you. We we need we need an episode with the amigo. Carl Herrera, this is my promo for you. I remember that day when you when Raheel told us that you were gonna come in and talk and you were gonna help out Raheel in terms of signing his watch. We know that. You were clutch in 1994. You are a backup to Hakeem. You're not going to be a backup here. You are going to be the number one option. You need to come on our podcast for one episode. Mr. Herrera, prayer hands, please. You are more than welcome to come on our podcast. This is the campaign provided by the Summit State of Mind. Yes, that is us. We're here and we're ready. We're down to have some fun. Let's talk, reminisce about some good times. Hola. Of your time in Houston. Let's do this. So let's do it, Carl. One time. We need you. 
This is our campaign for the Amigo. We want Amigo. We want Amigo. We want Amigo. <laughs> no, we don't want the group Migos. We want the Amigo. Carl uh, Herrera. The Amigo. Let's let's don't get it twisted. Uh Gen Zers. We don't we no, don't no, we don't no, need no. that. We want the, the Amigo. That's a, the, so that was our that was our uh, one minute plug for the campaign for Carl Herrera. Moving on now, right back to your regularly scheduled programming. So the NBA draft, we talked about this, um, obviously touched base on it in prior episodes. So the way that me and the GM have decided to cover this is I gave him, we gave each other the opportunity to scout a player that we thought would be, you know, obviously Cade Cunningham is the consensus number one pick. Me, if it's up to me and the GM, we would love for him to drop to number two. We would love to pick him up because he's our number one choice, hands down. Mm-hmm. No arguments there. He is a franchise cornerstone. His floor is higher than everybody else's floor. So at the very least, you'll get a really great player. But all of that aside now, myself and the GM decided to pick one player who we thought would be fitting for that number two pick. So obviously, if you have Evan Mobley and then you have Jalen Green. So GM, who did you decide you were going to scout on? I went with uh, Jalen Green because I'm obviously given the ultimate green light. I'm a shooter. And you like Gerald Green? I do love Gerald Green. you like Uncle Jeff Green? Gerald Green for the H, Uncle Jeffrey, or, you know, Jeffrey the Butler from Fresh Prince. Jesus. I don't know. We need to to start. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) But yes, yes, yes. Jalen Green. I, like, it just, if you've watched him, and obviously in high school, he was the number one rated prospect over Kate Cunningham. So there could be an argument that if he did play in college, he could have been the number one pick this year because he would have had more eyes on him. Yep. But Jalen Green took the unconventional route. And did I say, wait, did I say Jalen? I thought you said Jalen. I, I thought I might have heard Gerald. I think my mind is going nuts. But anyways, Jalen Green played for the G League and it was a program. You know, in order for these younger guys to forego their their only year of eligibility and get paid and prepare for playing in the NBA with veterans and play uh, NBA, not NBA current level talent, mm-hmm. but to kind of see the schemes and how everything is run because yes. it is a G, it is a G league. It's a different league, and yeah. um, two players decided to do this, play for the same team: Jalen Green and another top five possible pick, Jonathan Kaminga. That's right. So, ignite, ignite. So. This was completely unconventional, and the fact that he, his talent transferred to the G League smoothly. Outside of defense, Jalen Green played fairly well in the mm-hmm. G League, yep. surrounded by the coaching and the right players. Mm-hmm. He was put in a great position to succeed. And if you could see the way he plays, his first step, unbelievable. His athleticism. He can jump out of the building. There yep. are so many things that this Rockets staff could possibly work with. He has all of the tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he has his weaknesses, his playmaking. He has a little bit of tunnel vision. He's a bit of kind of a guy who will look for his shot. He does. He plays. He plays off mm-hmm. the ball decently, but he's yeah. not that kind of guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, his defense. His defense is an extremely well, it's a little suspect. It's a suspect. But. To be to to give him a little bit of some credibility here is that his athleticism is something that the coaches can work with. He's a smart player. He plays mm-hmm. very very well. He 
understands schemes. His adjustment from high school to the G League was actually fairly seamless. He was fairly successful. He shot fairly well from the field. He also shot 36% from three. That's not pedestrian numbers. It can be looked at as pedestrian, but the man is also only 19. So in the sense, he transitioned. He played very well. He was not afraid. He was playing against players that are also much more developed than him. Four, five, six years his senior, possibly. And in regards to that, it just showed that it, he made a great adjustment. And the guy's, the guy's a scorer. Yeah. If he plays alongside a Kevin Porter Jr., granted they are friends too, so that does help. People see KPJ and the possibility of Jalen Green as another version of Steve Francis and Catino Mobley. And younger. Yes, and much younger. This is a tandem that Houston could definitely cheer for. Cause, yeah, because in my opinion, too, just to chime in real quick, uh-huh. I think that Jalen Green as a shooting guard is probably, in my opinion, probably has the highest ceiling out of anyone in the draft. Absolutely. He has actually the capabilities of being... Now, this is hard to say because there's a lot of great shooting guards in today's league. I'm not saying he's going to be like the next best, best shooting guard in the entire NBA. But he, if he can hit his ceiling, he can definitely be up there as a top two, maybe top three. Definitely up there. And on top of all of it, the only, the, the comparisons that get drawn to Steve Francis and Katina Mobley is true. Because at the end of the day, to sidestep real quick, KPJ, in my opinion, is not a pure point guard. He's never... I don't think he's a pure point guard. Yes. And Jalen Green plays really, really well off the ball. And I remember you also saying, and I'm sure you were going to chime in on this too, that you were saying a little bit, like, give me like his NBA comparisons on who you see him being, like, where his ceiling and where, not uh-huh. his floor, but like, where do you see him being? Okay, I, I, I think comparison. of him as someone between, okay, I don't think, I think he could probably be better than a Zach Levine. They're both shooting guards, extremely athletic, can shoot the ball very well, but defense a little suspect. Mm-hmm. I think his range goes from a Zach Levine to a Devin Booker, somewhere yeah. in between. If he has that mentality that a Devin Booker has, then uses the aggression of a Zach Levine, he could probably become something just around there, above that mold, maybe a tier below a Booker. Yeah. But definitely a tier above Zach Levine. So, I mean, could he possibly be the number one option? Absolutely. With the right. Um, with the right practice, the right time, the right coaching. If he's put in a position to succeed, allowed to make the mistakes, not scolded too much, but also focusing on what he can do better and making what he can do very well and turn it into something great. Mm -hmm. That will be the recipe. Whether that can happen, who knows? But I will say this. I think that Jalen Green is the best pick. I do think that... At number two, Jalen Green is the best pick. Let me let's 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 <laughs> rephrase. <laughs> yes. This that's just assuming that Cade Cunningham is off the board. If Detroit goes Jalen, obviously Houston goes Cade. I mean, there's no question. But the thing is, is that we're just going based on what we believe and see is gonna happen. Yeah. And even to even to add on to that, like just like Jalen Green, by his numbers, is the prototypical shooting guard 
frame-wise, yes. height-wise. He's 6'6". He weighs around 180. His wingspan, I thought, was a little longer, but it's actually only 6'8", so it's not as long as I anticipated. I thought his wingspan would have been that of I don't, a 7-footer. I don't, honestly, I don't yeah. think he's 6'8". I think he... No, lo- no, no, he, his wingspan. wingspan no, 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 I mean, I mean yeah, his, six, his height is 6'6". Six, six, six. Six. I think he's more along the lines of a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, just the way he looks. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't look like a true 6'6", six, six, in my opinion. Yeah. That's just but that's just the eye test, though. People wouldn't argue yeah. that might think that he might even be taller, but hey, also, let's think about the fact that he's also only 19. He can grow even more. That's the Remember, Paul George coming yeah, out of Fresno State. Yeah, people tend to forget that KD grew two inches as well when yes. he was like 21, 22. So exactly. that's the thing because when you get blessed with uh, DNA like that, you can continue to grow. Touché. Unlike myself and the GM who stopped growing at the age of 13, which is Touché. which is an unfortunate uh, – <laughs> I mean, at, I remember in elementary school, I was on the yeah. top row, and then middle school, I I went to like the bottom three. So you already know, that's man. That's how I'm, everyone I'm right there, went right past there with me. You. I'm right there with you too, man. Shout outs to this boy named Andrew who called me, saw me in high school, was like, "Man, you never grew," and I'm like, "Well, you never grew in your attitude." So, anyways, so continuing on to what you said, uh, I also looked at his strengths, and I was able to list it down. His strengths for Jalen Green was his uh three point, his three level scoring ability, his ability to score on all three levels is absolutely incredible mm. considering that he did play for Ignite. He got to see NBA level yes. talent, not current talent, but he got to play against the likes of a Jared Jack yes. whose experience is on, which is another strength of his is his experience to kind of see it in the, in, see it kind of in the eyes of how it's going to be absolutely. in the NBA yes. playmaking potential, mm-hmm. his athleticism and explosiveness shooting potential on top of all of it. Like he has that ability it's there. All the tools are yes. kind of there let's, for let's him. Let's not you know? forget his athleticism in the sense of how it affects his shot and every other decision that he makes. When he drives into the lane, he hangs in the air for so long. He'll hang up there for just maybe a split second longer than everyone else. So yeah, it gives just, him yeah. just enough time to scoop it up for the for the lane. The one yeah. thing that he does have to improve on is the size. He's going to have to build muscle in order for him to succeed in the nba and the way he plays with his drives he's gonna have to put on some size and he's gonna have to come up with that fair compromise where it's like he doesn't put on too much size to the point that it affects his athleticism i don't think that's gonna happen no he doesn't need to do that i think he knows i do think he'll put on some muscle with this training staff he definitely will because this is the training staff that made Harden to a tank let's be real here Uh, look at him because i mean the way he played his game was to drive in draw fouls yep and in order for him to succeed and to sustain health was to put on size people might think that he is fat let's all agree that we do think that he's a bit bulky but i think he's bulky within reason because of his style so i think that for a jalen green he doesn't have to find that compromise and i do believe that he will in order for him to be great just like what michael jordan added size to beat the pistons Kobe Bryant added it, size to just going elevate with, his game. Exactly. It's kind of just going with the style the NBA is kind of going. Jordan, Absolutely. at the start of the NBA, you could argue that you know the body type of Jordan wasn't really impressive. It's similar to every draft shooting guard that ends up coming to the NBA. Really skinny. Yep. You know, r- really skinny, not bulky at all, but bulking up in terms of who you have to face. Who's going to be that that team in the NBA that you're going to try to go for. For Michael, it was Detroit, like you said. Uh-huh. For Kobe, it was bulking up to, you know, fight because that, that style of the NBA was really tough and rugged. You had Duncan, Garnett, you know, it was a very Paul Pierce. It was a very like, you know, mm, you know, mm. it was a very rough and tumble early 2000s. So, and Kobe wanted to dominate. And I do want to add on to that because I think Jalen Green 
has that mentality. And I think that mentality is something you can't gloss over. He seems like he's not a guy that'll just wait. No. Like he's a guy that'll attack it for, for good or for bad. Yeah. And that is kind of what we need because we've spent eight years with Harden. Sorry, I just have to say, but eight years of Harden for a guy who's just going to sit and wait. Tired of that. I want someone that'll go and take the game. Yeah, he was. We want someone who's not going to be as passive. Um, instead of letting the game come to him, in, in uh, let's be honest, there are times that you have to. But when it comes to playoff crunch time, granted, if we get there moments. with Jalen yeah. Green, uh-huh. he'll be the person that'll take the game over in the sense of we're going down with me and it's okay. I'll yeah. take the heat. That's all we wanted out of Harden was for him to just play aggressively, take the heat. Yeah. And if, 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 if that were to happen, then we could have lived with that. You know exactly, and that's the thing. Like, if he if he was just aggressive, but the thing is, is that we just never saw aggressiveness. Yeah. But I, obviously, that's neither here nor there. Jalen Green, another another side note on him is he's part Filipino. Us being Filipino as well, it's uh, it's it's not as we're not. That's not our drive into wanting him. It's you know, I, and and it's nothing against us. I I you know we we me and the gym we love being Filipino. Don't get it twisted. But at the same time, that's not the reason. Like, I know a lot of people were very people that we know and and mm. friends are very pro Filipino, which is great. But at the same time, I could care less. Yeah, really. I just want to win. I don't care who you are. I mean, this is the guy that this is the guy speaking is the guy that would that went for a Desert Storm Bradley against uh, Bradley Peck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not going to get. Don't into go down that. I'm route. not going to yeah, go sorry. down the route about why I get don't. annoyed of Pacquiao. Okay, don't go down the rabbit hole. But bottom line, him being part Filipino, that's pretty cool. Exactly, it's pretty cool. Um. He's obviously also just catapulting himself. So when we have to talk about this real quick before we end on Jalen Green, on, on the book of Jalen Green, mm-hmm. uh, when he, we maybe ended the NCAA tournament around March, he was number three. That was where he was number wise, kind mm-hmm. of teetering between Suggs as the three or four. Mm-hmm. But I've been reading and looking at the latest mock drafts and the mock boards and the way that the scouts have been looking at him. He's risen up to number two. He could over he could overtake Mobley as high as number two. People don't believe that he'll take over number one for Cade as much as we can pray for it. But you never know. Detroit drafted Darko Milicic, so you just never know. Yes. So you know it's it's you just hope that they do that. But at the end of the day, talking in terms of Jalen Green, he's catapulted himself up to number two. So obviously this guy's brand as well is is he's no he knows what he's doing he's doing all the espn interviews that yeah. now granted i don't know if that's a positive thing either so it it you're looking at both sides of the I know, coin he, if you're looking into it in the sense i of, want a guy that's just gonna work and i yeah. feel like Cade cunningham is that guy who would put in just the work yeah there's not much of his branding that is out there i feel like jalen for more for better for worse right now is pushing his brand but he's also which is fine it's, it's true because he's also extremely marketable if you've seen jalen green as a guy, who cares? He's a good-looking dude. Like, I mean, in all honesty, he is someone that presents himself in the sense that is marketable. He's also – he's extremely charismatic, and he is someone that can present himself as the number one guy. When you see a Cade Cunningham, he doesn't present himself like he's the number one guy. Let's no, be real. No, no. When he ta- um, when he And when he talks, his voice isn't very, like – it's not It's not very drawing. Mellow extremely mellow. Extremely mellow. Not as mellow as a Kawhi, but, like, because he has a personality. And it's very – the way with it works for Cade is just – it's just work, work, yeah, work, yeah, work. Yeah. So, but in terms of Jalen, it's for better or for worse his – 
his branding, which is great, don't get me wrong, but it, it's driven him up to the number two spot. Yeah. There's nothing that he's done differently from from the end of the NCAA tournament to now. He's the same. Pl- I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In terms of sorry, he didn't play in the NCAA. I'm sorry about I'm talking about the end of the NCAA tournament yeah. for the people in college to the end of his G League season up until now. Mm-hmm. There's really, I mean, obviously because the season had ended, there's not much he did that was different. I mean, sure. there's just workouts, but he's risen himself as the number two in stock. So with that said, is there anything that we have before we cap off ourselves on uh, Jalen Green? No, let's get let's 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 go into uh the next the next prospect. All right. Well, it looks like it's about my turn to start getting in on here. Going to talk about the boy Evan Mobley coming up in just a second, but before we do, we got to put out a plug for the greatest and best anime streetwear label that's been in existence for a few years now in the entire city of H-Town. That is my best friend Chris is streetwear label known as Day Off. Are you tired of the same old anime tees? You tired of the same old mallcore look, the Woodlands mallcore look for you rich folk? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting love? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, my personal favorite Shokugeki no Soma. Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. You can use the code Day Off Summit for a 10% off discount at dayoff.shop. That is D-A-Y-O-F-F.shop. Telling you, great stuff, great products he's putting out. All the stuff that's been available uh, for the past uh, few months is still available. He's got the best boy, set your heart ablaze in a red shirt, red top. He has the Wonder Tee as well, more of a tan, beige color. Really, really sick. The Arch T, which is my personal favorite. It's the one that I own currently sitting in my closet right now, ready for me to wear. I'm probably going to wear it at some point today. He rocking the Call of the Void hoodie. He's got the Curses hoodie as well and the The End hoodie. Also sells coffee mugs, coffee products, and a Glad You Like It apron for Shokugeki no Soma. Telling you right now, it's the best anime streetwear label in the entire city of Houston. The hard work he's putting in is paying off. People demand it. The people want it. And he is continuing to pump out amazing products for the people, for y'all. So be sure to check out his brand, Day Off. D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. What's good, everybody? This is Timoteo Keister, a.k.a. T-Smooth. And you are listening to Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, so this is my presentation, <laughs> as if we're presenting for a class. All right, so Evan Mobley is the, right now, is the consensus number two pick. There are very few draft boards that have Jalen Green over Mobley. If you look at, if you draw, if you type in 2021 mock board, uh, you're going to see Evan Mobley as the consensus number two pick. I'm going to give you his his line, his, his bio, and just kind of who he is size-wise. Evan Mobley is 20 years old, just turned 20, a pure seven foot center, pure seven foot center, wingspan seven four. He weighs about 215. He's a little on the skinny side. Um, his strengths, from what I've seen, it's rim protection, defensive versatility. He has a good offensive skill set, playmaking potential, and shooting potential because he can go out and hit an outside shot. From what I have seen defensively, he is very, very good, very underrated. In college level, he was pushing people around. Granted, 
in the NBA level, you're jumping from, you know, college talent to people who weigh around 215, to which his weight is, you know, you're going to go up against the cats of the world, the Jokic's of the world, the Embiid's of the world. And I don't think that his game is comparable to an Embiid, to a Jokic. I find personally his game to translate more into more or less a Christian Wood if he develops that three-point shot and more or less a DeAndre Ayton because he has a beautiful touch around the rim. His lateral movement from side to side defensively on pick pick and rolls to be able to handle the switches. He stays with the guard. He can guard the forward. He can guard the center. I can see why he was seen back when he was like 15. He was touted as the number one prospect back in like his freshman, sophomore year. I get it. He has all the tools to be successful. He's dubbed as the 2021 unicorn. He is absolutely phenomenal. I've seen his, in the net positives of his plays, he's been absolutely great. I get why people think he is the number two pick. Don't get me wrong. I think he's absolutely fantastic. There are weaknesses to his game. He doesn't, he does, when we talk about Jalen Green going out and taking the game and in terms of being aggressive, in terms of making it his, that is kind of where Evan Mobley falls short. Evan Mobley doesn't go out and take the game. He had a game against Utah that, I do remember seeing earlier during the year where he only attempted six shots. Mm-hmm. When you're that dominant, you have those tools, that skill set to be that successful, you don't take six shots in a game. But then granted, he played in the NCAA tournament like he was supposed to play. That's got that's what got his draft stock going up. Yeah, but there was also a game where he what he took like zero field goals in, that's the, what I'm, in, in the second exactly round, second so, half, I mean. You know what I mean? So like that is where the weakness is, is that he just doesn't have as much aggressiveness. And I don't know where he wants to be in terms of wanting to be great. He has all the tools. His ceiling is Anthony Davis. Yeah. He wasn't as dominant defensively as an Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis in college in Kentucky was a monster defensively. Mm-hmm. But I do think Evan Mobley, in my opinion, he's not the number one defensive prospect in this draft. But I think in three years, if he just continues to put in the work, he will easily be the the best defensive player in that draft. Just because he has all the tools to be successful. The man can do a backflip standing up, for God's sake. His athleticism is freakish. I, like, will, I will say this. Yeah. I do think that um, for Mobley, because of defense being his strength uh-huh. i do believe that he does have the potential to be a possible defensive player of the year yeah because he just because of his instincts i don't think people talk and he's just yeah. he's he's exactly. always ready there's no defensive moment that he's not prepared for he'll put himself out there whether he gets dunked on or not yeah he's still willing to put in that effort to 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 push when the push comes to shove yeah he's willing to put himself out there and and let's and also to tack on to what you just said even if you watch uh, the highlights, even if he misses a assignment, because let's be honest, the NBA, you're going to miss assignments. It's going to happen. You're not going to play perfect defense because the it's not for lack of the defense. It's for the fact that the offensive players in the NBA are, are just so good. So damn good. Yeah. He can miss an assignment or miss someone off the dribble here. His recovery time is next level. He is so athletic. He can bend. He can contort the body in such a certain way with the 7-4 wingspan. He can block. He can recover and block. That's the thing that people don't talk about. His his basketball IQ, in my opinion, is second to Cade Cunningham. I think that's why he... But I think that's why he's also highly touted. And I don't think he gets enough credit there. His 
his basketball IQ on top of all of that, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. The improvements, there are a lot of improvements that need to be made. I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know if he wants to be great. That's the thing that kind of, you know, pushes irks, you away. Pushes me away. And then also another thing that isn't sure of is, you know, you, the big man, he is also very skinny. He's going to get pushed around in the first yes. few years. He has to bulk up. But the thing is, does he want to? Does he want to be well, – Does when he comes into the NBA, is he going to look at himself and be he, – he's going to look at Embiid. He's going to look at Jokic. He's going to look at all the great centers that are here. DeAndre Ayton, he's going to say, in a few years, I'm going to be – catapulting above all of them and i'm going to be the best center because he has that capability he is that good he is a five tool talent yeah offensively and defensively the man can shoot the three he has it all but you know being a big man it does come with injuries and i know you want to chime in on that because that is kind of what's pushing you away from evan mobley am i right yeah the, i mean it's there's two things that concerned me not just with the personality not that sake but because of the sake personality, of, my sake, because you know how I feel about personalities. Absolutely, it's a in big terms deal. of wanting to be great. But for me, it. it's more so bigs. Bigs in the league are not becoming extinct. Granted, the MVP was Jokic, but the thing is, is health, health. That's the biggest issue with bigs nowadays because they're putting on so much size, they can't stay healthy. Anthony Davis, career full of injuries. Joel Embiid, career full of injuries. Jokic has been there, but he also has he has the he has the weight, and he doesn't play above the rim. He doesn't put himself in that position. You notice players like that don't get hurt, like yes. James Harden, for yes. instance. He's very yes. similar. So, yeah. The the only that's I'm not going to lie to you. Even with Jalen, he lands awkwardly. He has he suffers from that syndrome of Jeremy Lin, yeah. where he lands House weird, effect, yeah. you know. And that's the one thing that also concerns me. But that's neither here nor there. With Mobley, it's just more so the sense of health because bigs naturally get hurt in this league. Yeah, and it's just because of the way the league is. The league is so fast now that the bigs have to keep up, and then they have to compromise strength in order to gain that speed. And when you compromise that strength, that just means that knees get compromised yeah. you know you know people say putting on the weight can mess with their knees but that also if you don't strengthen that then yeah. there are other issues that are to be dealt with so for me it's just more so because it is a guards league and we already have a christian wood so why would you yeah. be redundant unless you do feel like the idea of having twin towers is something that you can work with In- I would even say, though, adding on to what you had said, the NBA body in terms of a center is more or less a... Because look at someone like a Christian Wood, yes, who is who is compromising his strength. Because my man was getting pushed around but defensively. He, he, he's he, not a true. He's not a true center. No. So, including in what you said, you could go the Twin Tower route with having him and Mobley, but in terms of that. I, who knows? Christian Wood might not be. He only has two more years, years left on his contract. I, if I'm going to draft Mobley, I'm looking beyond that. I'm looking at someone that's going to be here for the next five to ten years. It's not about fit at this point, and I think that's the that's the trajectory that the NBA is going. It's the way that baseball went in terms of like the Astros. They didn't go by fit when they drafted Bregman Correa. You know, I'm just saying, like on a side note, they didn't. Yeah. They went with the best athlete, the best overall prospect. I think that if you want to go down that rabbit hole. It's not about fit. I'm not thinking when I, if I draft Mobley, if I'm Raphael Stone, I'm not thinking Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Mobley is the franchise cornerstone for the next five to ten years. You know, uh, would be damned. I'm sorry, but it's not about 
I don't think it's about fit at this point. If no. Mobley is that guy, if have, they believe to go with he's that guy, he is Anthony Davis 2.0, maybe slightly better offensively than Anthony Davis 2.0 as his ceiling, you have to go with him, regardless of a Christian Wood. That's why, I, no offense to Christian Wood, Christian Wood be damned, but we know his ceiling. He can be great, obviously. But Mobley has the capability of being a game changer two ways. Mm-hmm. Because we all know Christian Wood be getting bounced defensively. He did a little bit better in the second half of the season. But I kind of see his ceiling defense defensively. If, Mobley if, if is Christian, the superior player in terms of two-way talent. Absolutely. I do think that if Christian Wood puts on the size, then we'll be cooking. Just like how Tim said. Let's send him to uh, Giannis's trainer. Yeah, that's right. Add that strength. But you know, I, but strength I, doesn't do shit for you if you can't work on your defense because the defense true. is very suspect. So anyway, it's true. That's why they yeah. might feel like they want a Mobley because if you have that inside presence, that defense, then that's something that this team can capitalize on. The yeah. only thing is, what is the ba- the balance between exactly. having that defense mm-hmm. and all of that? Or the extreme guard help, someone who could be another star. So the question is, do they want a star as a big or star as a guard? And in my opinion, I feel like because it is a guards league, you got to go guard. Yeah. But we're we don't work for the Houston Rockets. We're not Raphael Stone. We're not seeing the thing is is that like we're not scouts. We're not Stone. We're not seeing these players. You know, we're not getting to shake their hand. You know, watch them with our two eyes in person. Because and since I'm arguing for Mobley. I mean, dude, you see his handles? His handles are wicked. If you were to see him up close, a seven-footer handling the ball the way he is, every pro- every scout is going to be like, oh, man, got to draft this guy, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, I think bottom line here, in terms of the, in terms of, uh, the Mobley thing, he's a unicorn, mm-hmm. so I get it. But he could be Greg Oden. You just never know. That's the thing. That's know. the thing that kind of hurts. It, 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 it's been hurting the big man's stock. Because of the fact that all the big men that get drafted have been getting hurt. You're right. So good call there. Dude, I have to say, you gave such a compelling argument to Jalen Green that I was going pro Mobley first because I had all the research done for Mobley. So I was in my head, I was like, shit, man, he's making a lot of good points. Fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like obviously we're seeing we're in the NBA finals. We're seeing Devin Booker pull his mama mentality and pulling this, you know. Shooting yeah. where he just doesn't care. He's just, I'm shooting it. I'm taking my chances because if if this team goes down, they're going to go down with me. And I love it. And I see a lot of that in Jalen Green. And if we can mold that and turn that into someone close to a Devin Booker, who is probably my favorite player in the league right now, then yeah. let's but do book, it. But Book put in that work, though. See, that's the thing. Like, Absolutely. And, and do, we, do, do, we, do we think that Green can do that? Yes. I think he's I very do. capable. But can his also, can the mind and the fame, can he stay grounded? Yes. Granted, Booker never got big because he was in Phoenix and he was kind of put under the yes. rug. He was always put under the rug. He was, a, he was a, te- he was a pick in the yeah. teens. He's like, so you know what I mean? Like, like, so he's always had that old, you know, Chris Paul says it. He's the oldest 24 year old he has ever met. Yeah. So, you know, you know, he, 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 he came from a humble beginning in the sense of where he was drafted. He exactly. felt that he was better, but. You know, he was, it took him a while to get into this position. And I mean, you know, Devin Booker is basically Cade and Jalen Green put together with, with Jalen Green's, uh, athleticism, personality in the sense of how he plays the game. 
but Cade's work ethic and how low key he is and how he deals. So yes, I mean, obviously we're not here to glorify Devin Booker, but we're just trying to compare in the sense of what Jalen can bring in order to get into that level and into that stratosphere. So if the number two pick is in your hands and you're Raphael Stone, who would you pick? I'm trading up to get number one. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah duh i mean i okay okay all right gm okay okay in all seri- in all in all in all, in all in all seriousness how much are you willing to if, spend to get the number and i will talk about that later that that's a that's a later part of the, the episode all, but yeah in in, in all, all in all seriousness no trade-ups trade-downs happen jalen green okay easily <sighs> i've watched i've watched enough of both of them um I do agree with you that Jalen Green is the, would be great as the number two pick in a guard. But at the end of the day, the capabilities of Mobley, the way he can control the floor on both ends, you do need that. So you need a big to win a championship no matter what, that no matter how you slice it. That's kind of the way the NBA is tr- going now. Mm-hmm. It is a guards league, but I feel like the big man is back and they're starting to make a comeback. So Mobley's finding his perfect his perfect way to come in here, and on top of that, he is a unicorn. He can handle the ball, offense, defense. He's a great two way player. I'm gonna have to go Mobley on mine, on my opinion. But just for fun, GM, let's talk about Cade Cunningham real quick. Yo, okay, my man can attack on all three levels. My man is clutch. He knows where to make the pass. He doesn't think about himself. He can hit a big shot. He averaged forty percent from three. During mm-hmm. his entire, during his one year in uh, Oklahoma State University, my man, my man, Cade motherfucking Cunningham <laughs> is a monster. We don't need to go into this because we know who he is already. But your opinion on Cade Cunningham, real quick? He is the he's the he's the number one prospect for in, a reason. Yes, and he is the best player. He's the best player now, and will probably be the best player ten years from now. That's just how I see it. He's got. All the tools. Like, he doesn't really have any glaring weaknesses. That's the thing. That's the scary thing. He doesn't. He's so good. He's he's a Swiss Army knife. He's, I wouldn't say he's great at anything. Well, he's, but yeah, he's yeah. really good. Because he doesn't have great everything. athleticism. He doesn't have great athleticism. That's the knock. Yes. Is that he doesn't have great athleticism. But the but he NBA doesn't is need kinda, that. The NBA is kind of showing you that you don't really need the athleticism to be, you know, successful. Absolutely. The greats, though. The generational talents that have come and gone are, when they came in, they were predicated on athleticism. Though that that point, I will, I will give to the Jordan going into Kobe, going into LeBron, going into now. Yes, they all came in with freakish athleticism. So K doesn't have that, but you're right. He is in a way the jack of all trades. He may be the master of nothing right now, but his work, the work that he puts in inside the gym, he is known to be when he went to college. All the way back when he was in high school. First person in the gym, last person out. He is the person that said, he got interviewed by the JJ Reddick podcast and said, where do you expect to be in May? He said, I want to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's his mentality. He has championship Mamba mentality coming out of the draft. Because nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, a rookie ain't coming in, a number one pick ain't coming in and winning a championship. But the fact that he's saying that is huge. Shows that he just doesn't give a shit. He wants to win no matter I'm, what. I'm telling you this. If Cade hypothetically speaking we're to come into houston i can promise you we might be in the plan yeah i don't think we're in top we're in top eight 
top seven, but I do believe that the Rockets will hover between 12, 11, and 10. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if we do get Cade Cunningham, we might not only make the plan, but we win the plan. That's how confident to you put, are. That's how confident I am in Cade Cunningham, and that's how much I put my stamp of approval on him. He has He is known to score on all three levels, elite defense, and on top of that, making the right play in the clutch. He can hit big threes in the clutch. He can make the right pass in the clutch. He knows he can see the floor on a pick and roll. He can, he, the way that the floor moves, he's a good general and he's 6'8 with a seven foot wingspan. He's My basically, God. he's basically if Ben Simmons could shoot. Ben Simmons could shoot or, dare I say, Penny Hardaway. Touché. He's kind of a comparison to Penny Hardaway who wasn't freakishly athletic. But was, in a way, a master of nothing either. Touché. But he was dominant. And that capability is always there. So, yes, Cade Cunningham is our consensus pick no matter what if we had the number one pick. But, obviously, with the number two pick, GM goes Jalen Green. I have to go Mobley. So, pitter-patter. We're going to be continuing on in future episodes. We're going to be touching up on drafts, obviously, draft picks as well. So, be on the lookout for that. But for now, we're going to close the we're going to close the book on on the draft here. But before we move on, we have to put out a public service announcement, something that is very, very important, especially for listeners of our podcast, to let them know about the dangers of driving drunk. We understand that everything is reopening. We're so thankful. We're so happy with the vaccine rolling out. We're all starting to come together. Of course, people want to party. People want to hang out now because they've been stuck quarantining for over a year. So we understand. Me and the jam are the same way. We want to have some fun, have a drink, go to the bar, have a drink, go to a friend's place, have a drink, go to the Astros game, go to a Rockets game, enjoy it, have a drink. Understand that. We feel the same way. It's fantastic. But of course, we need to understand the perils and the danger that involve drunk driving and put out this public service announcement for each and every one of our listeners. Are you going to take another one for the road? What did that last drink cost you exactly? Thousands of dollars in legal and court costs? Your license? And possibly your job when you're arrested for driving drunk. The Summit State of Mind reminds you that the law enforcement is always out every day protecting everyone from drunk drivers. If you are watching a Rockets or an Astros game, celebrate responsibly and don't take a chance because chances are you will be caught. You can designate a sober driver. You can call an Uber or call a family member or friend from home or take a ride straight to jail. Remember, you drink and drive, you lose. And let's move on here on an incredible episode, draft episode. We got some questions that our fans, our listeners, and friends have all brought up for us. So we got a little mailbag for y'all. We're here to answer all these questions coming up right here on the Summit State of Mind. Let's move on, GM. Let's talk about... I put out a post about, you know, a few days ago to let the people... I wanted the people to chime in. I wanted our listeners to chime in and let us know how they felt. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've said chime like 15 times. Take a shot. Play... play. Uh, Listen to SNT and take a shot every time I say chime. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all, 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 all shout out to the boys shout out to the boys chris sean and ryan uh the omami poppy but uh just talking about it we made that i made that post just to kind of let people chime in and tell me how they feel take a shot and let people kind of let them know or let us know what their questions are what their opinions are you know we do care about that we want to know how they feel so gm let's 
Let's do it now. We haven't answered any questions in quite a while since the end of last season. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Let's see where we are, where the where the people's mindsets are. So let's start with question number one with the boy Young Bucket. Jay, thank you for the question. Uh, recurring guest Jay Young Bucket came on the uh, came on our Instagram and asked us. Is it still a guards league, or are big men worth the investment? Embiid and Giannis looked unguardable at points in the playoffs, and even Aiton has put up dominant performances. So, bottom line, question is, is it still a guards league, or are big men worth the investment now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, GM. What do you think? Okay, in my opinion, I, I do agree with Jay, in the sense that bigs are making an impression. But, my counter, my counter to that is... Who's still in the playoffs? Aiton. Who plays next to DeAndre Aiton? The best. A legendary yeah. number one generational point guard and probably number two, number three top shooting guard in the league right now in Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. Okay. You're, he's stating like whether he thinks it's a bigs league. But yeah, yeah. He's the, just asking if, if it's, it's still it's, a, if it's a guard league, or bigs yeah. league. I mean, I I can see where Jay is headed. Granted, in the sense that Giannis is a big quote unquote, but he is a gu- he is a big that plays like a guard to an extent that can't shoot the ball. So I'm gonna lean towards it's still a guards league with bigs making the impression and that transition to playing more like a guard in order to expand their game and to succeed yeah granted Embiid can shoot Jokic can shoot but the the teams that are still in the playoffs are either with generational bigs with generational guard talent Mm -hmm. or bigs that play like a guard well okay I agree partially with what you're saying but now I started thinking about it in terms of how Giannis plays and how he developed when he was the skinny Greek it's making me think now on Mobley. Maybe Mobley's ceiling, since he's so dang skilled, if he wants to put in that work and bulk up, he could be on his 2.0. He has that capability. And he also has the shot. He has the shot. So, so in terms of if, of going on the other side of the coin with Jay on what Jay's saying, because you're saying it's still guards league. I agree at the end of the day, it's still guards league, no matter what. That's why you probably pick Jalen Green, and if the Rockets are... Who knows who they're going to pick? But I thought about it, and I was like, while you were saying that, and I was like, huh, Mobley could be Giannis. He could be. He's very Hon- capable. Honestly, if if if, if, if we're he gonna, puts if, in the work. If we're going to say that Jalen Green tops is Booker and Mobley tops is Antetokounmpo, then it's literally a toss-up. But yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. in all NBA pundits— then you have to take Mobley. Antetokounmpo is a two-time MVP. Well, that's why that's why he's the consensus number two pick right now. People still have him ahead of Green. People Absolutely. are saying Green's jumping at this yes. point, but yes. all the mock boards still have Rockets taking Mobley because it's not about fit at this point. So yeah, it's about taking the best player available. Absolutely, but I do agree with you, GM. It is still a guards league. So, uh, Young Bucket, we miss you. Hope you get, on, get you on another episode soon. Thank you for the great question. That was. That was a great question. We were happy to answer as well. Let's move on to the Umami Poppy Ryan, a.k.a. The Rye, a.k.a. The Rock. Let's talk about it. His question. He came in. He came in with a banger question. He said, crazy trade option. Do the Rockets draft Mobley at number two for Cleveland and promise slash return for Green at number three? Then trade package Wall and Mobley for Love and Green. Jalen Green. To make money work out, Mobley's worth $10 million more per year because he's drafted higher. 
or is it play or just play it safe and just get green so i before you chime in i do want to say real quick i did do research in terms of where the the money the money's concerned um there's about a four million dollar difference in terms of last year's draft from two to three so it's about a four million differential so Mm -hmm. not too much and Mm -hmm. that's total but I think what Ryan was saying, ten million, because Love makes thirty, and then Wall makes forty. Yes. So there is yes. money that needs to be made here. So I don't know if Cleveland's over the cap. I don't think they are. I do think that. Okay. So so what do you what do you see? I, I I think that okay. Ryan's uh, head is in the right place, considering that we have a really super cheap owner. Uh, I don't even think that was Ryan's point. I'm just he, I'm just already, I, I wanted to I, I wanted yeah. to make a dig at Tillman, but. Always. His in regards to salary, yes, Kevin Love is about to make like what 35, 34 million this year, and John Wall yeah. should be around 42 to 44. So in and around 10 million. And with the difference in draft money with number two and number three, I I don't think that the percentages will play out because of the CBA, as no one is signed on the dotted line. Number two and number three might be even in the sense of money in regards to making up the difference in the sense, right? Yeah. Because, uh-huh. okay, Wall makes $10 million more than Love, and then the you said the second pick will make $4 million more than the third. So that t- gives it $6 million of money yeah. that is you know uneven, granted. And you have to make up to, what, 20% of trades. That's about that, – that should be good enough. In uh-huh. regards to the amount of money that is being pushed out and shelled out. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. But I believe that they can make it work. And it will it should be enough. Do I think it's a good fit? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Give me Kevin Love. <laughs> He's a perfect complement to Christian Wood. Our defense will be terrible, though. But Kevin Love would be great to play alongside Christian Wood. Because he will do the dirty work inside. And the rebounding. He will allow Christian Wood to roam on the weak side and go for it's the blocks, great, yeah, and it'll help. Yeah. Kevin Love will be the—he'll be another super, version of Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, but that's exactly what better. I was thinking too. But a better version. Yes, and he can shoot the ball, yeah. and he's a star still in this league. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, I liked Ryan's take on it because didn't we Kevin hear this Love, somewhere? I think I read that in Clutch fans, but I don't uh, the trade down possibility is there. I've seen trade up possibilities too. I didn't hear anything in terms of Kevin Love, but I do like the fact that I do like the idea of pairing yeah, Kevin I, I Love. Re- with, I read the idea somewhere yeah. about Kevin Love and the third pick for number two and John Wall because yeah. Colin Sexton should not be your number one playmaker in the sense. Well, and if John Wall is there, that can move Colin Sexton to the two. I mean, I was talking about that with Tim last night in the sense of Sexton is more so along the lines of the mold of a Marcus Smart, a more gifted Patrick Beverly, a less you gifted know? Steve Francis. Touche. Because he's not a because go- he's, he's not a point guard. He he, yeah. he the, offensively he is not a point guard in the in the true sense of the word. But based on his size, he is a point guard. So I do yeah, think that John Wall going there to help possibly mentor him and to put it's him enticing. in a position to succeed. It's very yes. enticing. I think Cleveland. Yeah. Might think deeply about this, but that depends on how much they think Mobley is their guy. Uh-huh. And if we think that Green is our guy at three, do we want to take that chance? Because they could totally fuck us 
if they really, but obviously if that occurs, then the rest of the NBA will never deal with Cleveland again. Well, I also think that they wouldn't make the trade official until after the picks get made. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yes. like, like it'd be, it'd be similar to Trey Young, Luca. Yes. Absolutely. Which, which you can only pray that that would even out as equally as Luca and Trey Young, which in my opinion is probably the most evenly traded, like trade in like NBA history in terms of draft. So I, so I really believe that uh, Ryan had a, it's a crazy trade option. Not so crazy when you break it down. So it does make sense for both sides. Because it gets Absolutely. Kevin Love out of Cleveland as well. You know he hates Cleveland. I think I think it's a great take. Yeah. It's a great take. So good stuff, Ryan, a.k.a. Umami Poppy. I just like saying Umami Poppy. I just think it's a cool thing to say. So definitely hit the nail on the head there. So let's move on. This isn't a question. Um, Our boy Chris from the Sports Trap Podcast has been campaigning since day one for this boy. So he says, this is not rocket science. No pun intended. Jalen Green, Jalen Green or Bus. Now, I don't want to speak for him, but Chris has been saying I think he does put him above Kate Cunningham as well. He feels very strongly about Jalen being the being the number one pick overall, mm-hmm. and I do agree with Chris in the sense of saying that if he did go to college and get that NCAA spotlight, like you said earlier in the pod, yeah. He would probably be the consensus number one pick because he'd be able to show up and show out. My count, my only thing is, is that if we had the number one pick, it's still Cade for me, no matter what. It's mm-hmm. Cade Cunningham, be all end all, because his f- Jalen Green has the highest ceiling out of everyone, including Cade. But the floor is Cade's floor is still higher than everybody else's floor. Absolutely. I still think he's a perennial all star floor. So I do agree in a sense. But also disagree in a sense. So I don't know how do you feel about it. Is it Jalen Green or Bust? Well, I guess you uh, do kind of feel that way with the number two pick, right? At the number two pick, yes. Yeah. Um, but like we said before, when we talked about the Anadokounmpo Mobley uh, comparison, um, I now I'm not like sure, sure, but obviously there is no guarantee of that. But Mobley, but has I to think put in the I think that Jalen Green is the more of the slam dunk. Yeah, pick. That's what I'm saying because Mobley, Mobley's aggressiveness uh-huh. and willingness to put in the work. We know Jalen Green's willing to do that. I don't know if Mobley's willing to do that. Mobley at his ceiling could be Antetokounmpo even better. So you know that's the thing. That's the crazy thing when you think about it. We don't know what the we never know. Never like know. you said, ultimate unicorn. We never knew Giannis. Giannis was a unicorn when he came out of the draft. He yeah. wasn't a top pick. No, he was not. But people thought, oh man, this guy has the tools. But Giannis put in the work. Absolutely. So to be credit is credit cre- deserve credit. Credit is a- absolutely it doesn't make him any less of an asshole though. But anyways, Touché. I'm not gonna not gonna start there. Let's move on now. Let's talk about that boy Sean, aka Samoa Bro, with the question came in with a great question saying, "How would each of them fit with KPJ, Tate, and Wood? How would each of them fit? Um, how would you start? Why don't you go? Why don't you go ahead and do green since I've been doing Mobley? So go ahead and do green. Fit-wise. Okay. Um, at at number two, I'm gonna be completely honest. Fit doesn't matter. At number two, we, we suck already. So we're not trying to fit. We're trying to, what we're trying to do is assemble the best amount of talent we can. Think about it like this. Um, would there have been a better fit on the Avengers than oh, Incredible Jesus. Hulk? You know, going against a, you know, a Tony Stark who's a smart ass. I mean, they don't seem like they're, they fit, but. When you put a team of stars together and you you just you make it work, you make it work. Yeah. So it's the Chris Paul so, James Harden so, thing. So yeah. in regards to fit, I don't think it matters. Like, um, it's just more so along the lines of you put up the best players and you make it work. 
And that's, that's it. Cause the team is that bad, which is really shitty, but obviously in my opinion, the best fit is Jalen green at number two. Who is the pos- Who is the best fit? Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham would, pace, would push KPJ to the two, which would be fantastic. That is the dream. I'm going to continually... Two things I'm campaigning for in this episode. It's going to be Carl Herrera and Cade Cunningham. But <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But I will say this, though, to answer uh, Sean, because his, 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 he has three questions. So to answer question number one, if I were to do that, if I were to talk about fit, um, Christian Wood at the end of the day is not a five. He is a four. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking next year, just next year, for I'm not talking about five years from now because you know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't about fit anymore in today's NBA. It is about putting the best players together, no matter what, no matter you know, a damn position. So I do think that Christian Wood isn't a five; he's a four. So you can push Mobley at the five, and that could work. Wood, if you've been seeing his workout videos, uh, me and me and T Smooth, uh, Tim talked about it last night as well. We talked about man. He was like, "Yo, man, have you seen his workout videos? Like this dude is." Not even working on, he's working, my dude's working on like pin downs coming off a screen. Like, you were like, yo, man, you're, you, you know, Tim said, you're, you're supposed to set the screen. You're not supposed to take the ball off the screen. So, but you know, that's the way he's working right now. And that's just the way the league is going. So I do, I think it could work. It pushes Christian Wood to a more natural position at the four and it pushes Mobley to his natural position at the five because he is a true center. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it could work. I do think it could work. Um, success in a season. Not much. They're probably still going to only win 15 to 20 games at most. But at the end of the day, they'll put up stats. Stats will look beautiful. Games will be fun. So in terms of just next season, it'll work. I think the fit will still be good. Mm-hmm. And KPJ will still continue what he does off a of pick and roll. And Tate will do what he does as being a glass cleaner. Um, question number two, he said, what would we give up for Cade? Um, okay. So see that? That's- do the trade package, baby. Let's go. Let's go, GM. Let's go. Come on, GM. Let's go. This is it. This is your moment. Number 22, number two, number 23, number 24. And all three picks and a, probably another first in a year or two. I think we're Damn. unprotected next Four year. First round picks. That's well, I mean, that, that, that's three that's in this year. That's all about three. that's about what that's, that's I feel like that's the going rate for it number is. one. It is the going Unless, rate. you know, they're not completely sold on him. Then I can I can see them. I do the Rockets. Do they, do they really believe that they could if they there's a package out there that they can give up picks? It's like I mean you could even just trade up with this pick and trade your unprotected next next year. If you really believe this no, no not the twenty three and twenty four. Yeah. If you believe that this year is the strongest draft you'll see in a while, then I would do that. Which it is. It is a very strong draft right now. It it's not Obviously, com- maybe not comparable to the 84 draft or the 2003 draft, but, you know, uh, scouts and reporters have been saying this is a very talented draft coming up, especially with the top five. It's a strong top five. So, yeah, I- and I agree. And I agree with you. Um, answering Sean's second question, I will. Cade, if if the Rockets brass believe Cade is the guy, he is the guy that's going to carry the torch for your team, the face of your franchise for the next 10 years. You know, five years you, at a minimum. You have to go all in. You have to go all in because those picks won't fucking matter because you have the best player coming out of the draft. That's where it is so hard to be a GM. It's so hard to be a scout. It's so hard to work in the front office because you have to do your homework every fucking day. You have to live. 
sleep, breathe, Honestly, draft combine. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, the only, because the only, this like, is it. Like, I mean, in order to protect yourself, per se, since our pick next year technically is unprotected, you'd have to protect it. You could... I wouldn't put complete lottery protection, but for me, it would be like top eight, top 10 protected. Because, yeah. I mean, at least you're still barely dropping down. You're getting Cade, and they're getting Jalen Green. The, the drop-off is wide now, but it'll narrow down in a year, two years, three years, yeah. four years. But it just depends on if the Rockets truly see as Cade being that next level type of player in the sense of what he brings to the table. And if he is that perennial all-star borderline superstar, mm-hmm. top 10, top five player in the whole league type of guy, yeah, then you do it. You have to, Absolutely. because I mean, if, if, if he is, then that's franchise changing. When we traded for James Harden, people thought we gave up too much. Yeah, Let's talk about that. Just rewind just really quick. Um, we traded away Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, uh, the first round pick, which turned into Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was it, right? And Jeremy Lamb was our top first round pick. They wanted people Chandler wanted Parsons. To keep him. Yeah. yeah. And, and people, people wanted to, our people in Houston wanted to keep Jeremy Lamb. They actually thought that the trade might have been too much. So, you know, it, it's a gamble. It's a gamble going both ways. You just never know. Harden could have easily flopped. You, but, but he was a great no matter what. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just saying, if you didn't want to put in the work, he would have been a flop. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it like I said, you know the thing about a draft is it's such a it's such a toss up. Yeah, it is such a toss up. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I I'd give up all those picks for Kate. I, I would too, honestly. Yeah. But like I said, we're not there. We don't have two eyes. We're not seeing the numbers. We're not we're not there. We're not seeing Kate in person. You know, yeah. so we don't know. So let's move on here. Question number three from uh, Samoa Bro. He said player comps, player comparisons. So, uh, but I think we pretty much answered that earlier. Yes. But you did say, uh, do you see Jalen Green as a as a hybrid Booker? Zach uh, Levine. Zach Levine. The yeah. People compare him even to a young Ray Allen, which Ooh, I, th- I, but I don't mm. know if he has the foundational well, shooting yeah, of Ray a Ray Allen. Allen is, oh man, you're not, you're not going to fuck, you don't fuck with Jesus Shuttlesworth, my guy. No, definitely Je- not. His, Jesus Shuttlesworth's jump shot was second to none. Actually, second to one. <laughs> You know why? Because I gotta put a shout out real quick. Mo- the Mozart, Drazen Petrovic, is my opinion, is the greatest shooter in NBA history. Just putting it out there. The Mozart, the Mozart of basketball. I'm just saying. But anyways, so, but anyways, on that side note, yeah, that's a lot to live up to for Jalen Green. So, uh, mine is, you know, I think ceiling. You know, I put ceiling Anthony Davis, but you know what? The ceiling might be honest. Actually, <laughs> the ceiling for him might just be honest from from Mobley. Um, but. Player comparisons, I guess, just coming out, he could be Bosch. I do see a little bit of Bosch in him. I do yeah, see a little bit of a Chris I, Bosch. I do see some Chris in, Bosch in, in, in Mobley uh, mm-hmm. being a good two-way talent. People just from the sad thing is people just remember his shaved head and, and being a role player in Miami. People tend to forget in Toronto, he was a stud. Dude was a monster. <laughs> like he was one of the best power forwards in the NBA. And Daryl Morey just wanted him so bad. Yeah. He went so hard for him I twice. I see why. I mean, he did the iPad thing. I I, I respect it. I respect it. The iPads were hot at the time. <laughs> I respect it. So good question, uh, Sean. We have one more question from from our dude Alex on Instagram. He DM'd us. Uh, never met him in person, but shout outs to you, Alex. Thank you for the great question. We really appreciate it. He said, "Would you try to get the Would you try to get the number three pick to go with the number two pick?" So basically, I think what he's trying to say is, you know, like would 
obviously we'd love to get the number two and three pick together, but I guess what he's asking was, does he, do we see a trade package to try to get the number three pick to go along with the number two pick? No. Realistically <laughs> speaking? Realistically, no. Unless, unless you can get, unless um, you give up Wood. Unless we're giving up Christian Wood and, you All know, the, and then a lot of picks I, It'd future. probably be more so along the lines of Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood, obviously not KPJ, but they, they number would. 23, number 24, future first round pick. Uh, no, it, it would it would it would be a uh, wood a uh, wood Jay Sean Tate and you get number three with like a first round pick later on. Don't get me wrong, I would love to do the pairing of Mobley and Green. That that you're set, no matter what. I don't give a crap what anyone says. That'd be perfect. But, but I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. No, because you like the veteran savviness of having Christian Wood, who's been who is a workhorse, who's experienced failure in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Who knows what it takes to, you know, get up there. Tate as well, who's I, a journeyman. I just think in terms of building a team in regards to having those top picks in the same draft, um, I just don't think it's conducive for a success in the sense of ego because a lot of these guys are used to being the number one guy. There's yeah. still a sense of humility here in regards to being a number two pick, but yet you're surrounded by other young players, ones that have succeeded as a top pick, others that have not. Someone that's been undrafted, two people undrafted, actually. KPJ is a young first rounder, early first rounder. Tate, who Tate was a journeyman who had to go overseas to get success. Yeah, I mean, even if John Wall or Eric Gordon stay, John Wall was a former number one pick. Exactly. Eric Gordon, another top first round pick. I ain't about that, I ain't about that life though, my man. I'm ready for EG to be gone. I'm ready, I'm ready for to, all of them. To I'm be ready one. to wipe that slate clean. Send so John different. Wall or Eric Gordon to the Knicks, <laughs> or Eric Gordon to the Pacers, like that rumor trade that we saw. Oh Jesus! Well, you know what? That that's our last question. Thank you, Alex. Thank you to everyone who who gave us just great questions uh, for us to answer. If you still can have questions, you know you're welcome to DM us, email us, uh, comment on the post. We're happy to answer everyone's questions in terms of what this NBA draft is. Because what let's you know, as we go home on the pod, we have to reiterate how important this time is in Rockets history. The last time we had a top two pick was in two thousand and one when we got Yao Ming, or no, sorry, two thousand two when we got Yao Ming. Yep. So the last time we had a lottery lottery pick, a legit lottery pick, you know, uh, you know, number fourteen, I guess technically is a lottery pick, and we got Marcus Morris with that, but like a legit top single digit pick was the Rudy Gay pick. Yep. So you know, it's very few and far between and to have a number 2 pick, it's not easy. We could have easily dropped out of the top 4 and get the 18th pick. It's a great argument to have. Let's just all put our let's all get our minds right and realize that, you know, there's the Mobley mob, there's uh was it the Green Gang, there's the Cade clan where me and the GM have post have, have decided to make our home. But it's a great problem. This is a great problem to have. Yeah. This is fantastic because we could have easily been like, oh, okay, number 18. Okay, I guess we could have gotten, you know, I, I don't know, the Zaire. You know, Zaire, that's a good yeah. pick. You know what I mean? But like, Trey Mann. Trey yeah. Mann, that's a great pick. But no, you have the number two pick. It does not happen, guys. You are never guaranteed the first pick. So the fact that we have the number two pick is a great thing. Let's just all keep our heads. Let's all keep positive vibes going. Trust the front office and know that they are making the right decisions for this team. I know a lot of people are feeling one way about Mobley, feeling one way about Green, feeling one way about Suggs. But GM, I know you can chime on chime in on this. Take a shot. This is a great uh, a great problem. 
to yes. have. Right? And this is a problem that I'm glad we have. Thank because God. we have a plethora of it's been options. Horrible. You know, and I, I just think I'm we're ready to turn the page um to this new chapter. Thank God. And to Let's build a new team and a team that we can fall in love with for the Dude. next, you know, five to ten years. So I'm all for it. I'm ready. Um the page has turned the old regime player wise. Yeah is not here anymore we still reminisce about 2018 we can't help that that was the year that should have been but we're also looking forward and trying to absorb the moment and stay in the moment in regards to what's happening now so let's do that and everyone take the ride we're all gonna have fun and in a few weeks it'll be a draft day and who the hell knows is gonna happen between now and then maybe chris paul has his first ring Miluka Doncic gets traded to the Rockets. What? Huh? No, I'm just kidding. No, but for real though, um, in less than three weeks, it is going in this chapter of the Houston Rockets. It is going to be the biggest day in fran- in this franchise's history. This for this era. This is the building block for this era of Rockets basketball. So it is inv- it is imperative that if you are a Rockets fan. You continue to listen to our podcast, but on top of that, be ready for draft night because it's going to be an amazing night no matter what. So we highly recommend that you continue to listen to our podcast leading up to the draft and especially to watch the NBA draft. We need all the support of all Rockets fans. You know, let's, let's put the, let's put our hands in the air and fucking spirit bomb this shit all the way to the front office and get their minds right because this is a huge, huge fucking day. July 29th. Thursday night, the Rockets franchise changes forever. So with that said, do you have anything else to say before we go home on the pod? No. That was uh, a great capper, huh? That was good. I, I, I couldn't top I like that. I, so. I feel like I, I wasn't It's not about topping. It was a, it, that was a promo. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, was it? Uh, I, I like John Cena. <laughs> I never wanted to hurt John Cena. I'm just kidding. God. I'm just kidding. You know, uh, happy, happy uh, 10 years to the pipe bomb promo, by the way. So... That was fantastic. So as we as we go home on the pod, GM, thank you so much once again for coming on. Uh, I know you've been busy with your new job. Congratulations once again. Whoop whoop. Thank you, everyone thank who's you. listening to this. Give a little clap to the GM. He's a little hard. He's hard at work. Get a new job, brand new job, doing work right now. So I know it's been a very busy time for you. So thank you for finding the time to come on come on the podcast, being my co-host, being my brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. I know we all appreciate you. So thank you, sir. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, great vibes all around on another incredible episode of the Summit State of Mind, episode 38. Man, I can't believe it's episode 38. Absolutely insane. We are also over a year into our podcast. Happy one year anniversary to us. And we have been doing wonderful things, garnering the fan base and continuing to do what we love. And that is to talk about the Houston Rockets, a fandom that has started between myself and the GM since we were just little kids. So we are really happy to put out the product for y'all. And we are really thankful to y'all for listening. So with that said, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore pod. Follow us on Twitter at Summit SOM pod. Continue to subscribe also to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, The Big Three, Google Play, wherever you get your listening tunes and podcasts. Be sure to follow us and subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. Also, if you're looking at subscriptions, subscribe also to SNT, a.k.a. Shots and Thoughts Podcast if you like games and drinking. They do all the fun stuff and everything in between. Curiosity sake, too. 
it's a lot of fun that they do so be sure to listen to them as well also listen to the sports trap podcast if you're not just interested in the houston rockets but all everything houston and just sports in general they cover everything so be sure to listen to them we're all podcasts here and we all support each other h-town born h-town living h-town bred that's who we are that's who we've always been so support all the h-town podcasts out there with that said the pandemic still going on but the vaccine's rolling out safely everyone's safe which is fantastic continue to do what you do if you're feeling sick please wear a mask continue to wash your hands for 20 seconds take care of yourselves and most importantly take care of each other and on the sign off remember every tuesday we have a podcast episode summit state of mind comes out with a new episode tuesday you know what that means brand new episode of the summit state of mind that said once again on the sign off thank you for everything that y'all do from our mics straight to your listening ears of course we'll see you next tuesday commissioner out the summit for, 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 for.